Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. I'm going to read reading from the New Living Translation this Sunday morning. It's just one portion of scripture. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your body to God because of all he has done for you. Can you say that with me? Give your body to God because all he has done for me. And he says, let them, them meaning bodies, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. Now he's talking temple talk, worship talk here, and he's relating it to the law, of course. If you read the book of Romans, he is trying to convey a group of people who lived in Rome that were accustomed to Jewish law, and and so he's speaking in that terminology. And in this portion of Scripture, he's actually relating the body of an individual as a sacrifice unto God. And so he's telling us, let it be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. So what he's saying is, through your life that you live, you can please God or displease God. When we go in an opposite direction other than the will of God and disobey the word of God, then we have the blood of Jesus to always line us back up with him. It's God's grace and mercy that makes us acceptable to him. But he says, when we choose to live this life, then we truly find the way to worship him. And he says, truly, this is the way to worship God him it's not by saying it but by living it living for god is an act of worship and it happens through our bodies everything we do concerning our spiritual man will be used as a cord of strength if you will because we understand that terminology We plug in cord to the wall to get something operational and something functioning that we can use, a tool. Well, your spirit is actually the receptacle to God's spirit. The tool is your body. And without the body, we can't effectively serve God. And how many of you know that it matters? Your health matters if you're going to be effective for God. I mean, you're here today because your body allowed you to be here. How many of you have ever been sick, missed church for a good duration of time and thought, I can't wait till I get better to get back in God's house? How many of you have ever been in that position before? It happened to me over eight years ago. I was bedridden for one year. For almost an entire year, I could not come to church. My body wouldn't let me. My systems shut down my I had adrenal fatigue I had chronic fatigue I I had my serotonin levels were all used up I had worked myself and didn't take care of myself but I prayed all the time and I served at church all the time but there was one aspect of my life I had to learn a lesson the hard way it's a fact that it does matter how you take care of this body 
because your body can affect your spiritual health and your spiritual health can affect your body. We're going to get very practical today, but we are fixing to go down a different road in this church that I don't think too many churches teach or talk about that's necessary. I don't believe it's God's will for God's people to be unhealthy, sick, and have diseases that can be prevented because God wants to use you long term, not short term. Your family needs you. Your God needs you. Your church needs you. So we're going to be talking about being a temple builder. Temple builders. And the subject for today is going to be consider the foundation. We're beginning this new mini-series, if you will, to talk about what it really means to give glory to God and to be used by God. How many of you want to be around for your grandchildren, your children, your family? How many of you want God to use you effectively? And How many of you want to hear the voice of God more clearly and, and be ready to move at any given moment? Will you just pray for the service right now that God would touch this moment in time? Father, in Jesus' name, we do not allow distractions to come into this moment. In fact, we plead the blood of Jesus over this entire property in this area. God, let nothing, no carnality, no analyzation, nothing, God, that would try to hinder people's minds and thoughts, but let every heart be focused on you. Let them have discernment in their body and soul and spirit, and let me have the words, God, wise words, loving words, words that make sense, and God, let your word be displayed today with, with just truth and, and love and sincerity. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen, if you will. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap one more time and tell him thank you. And you can be seated. God bless you. I've seen it so many times. I have had it happen to me and my family, family members who are no longer with us, whose lives were cut short due to habits, due to habits. It is a fact that God has made this body that we have so intelligently. It's fact the scripture says how fearfully and wonderfully we have been made. What we are accustomed to when we hear about church is the spiritual life that we have. We are prepared to pray, praise, worship, and we are prepared for the spirit man to be fed. And that's what church should be. Along the way, because of our liberties and freedom and the blessings of God in our life, I do believe that there are some things that have creeped into the body of Christ that has really crippled it and has really allowed itself to succumb to things like disease and sickness and ailments. There are some things we have no control of, but there are a lot of things that we do. I have experienced this in my family. I have myself, as I mentioned earlier, 
I, I, I thought I knew everything there was to know about physical fitness and health, and I did not. Running three miles a day, sometimes five, and exercising every day and working and only eating iceberg lettuce, which I thought had nutritional value and doesn't. Simple things, but I, I want to show you how your physical health can affect your spiritual destiny. Prayed every day. Prayed every day in the spirit. Prayed every day, read my Bible every day, memorized scripture, did everything correctly. Working a full-time job, launching this church, being the dad. I, I, had a, I was a candle that was lit on both ends. Until one day during our first service, we went to two services. Up here in this very spot, my body just simply gave out and collapsed. It stopped. They rushed me to the hospital, and that was on an Easter Sunday. So many new people we had. We were growing. We were exploding, and, and things were going very well until the day my body couldn't handle the stress because I hadn't really given it the advantage. I didn't properly take care of myself. I thought I was, but I wasn't. I lacked knowledge. I lacked understanding. So they rushed me to the hospital, and from that point on, I stayed in my home. Doctors couldn't figure out what was going on, and all I know is that I couldn't do anything. The only thing I could do for almost, almost a year, to me, it seemed longer, was lay in my bed and just begin to pray softly. That's all I could do. When I would read my Bible, I'd get excited because I'd get a sermon out of it, and my adrenal glands would just go, and I had a, I'd have an anxiety attack. If you have never had an anxiety attack, I pray you never have one. They are real. It's not a thing up here. I wasn't crazy. My, chemical and my, my chemicals in my body were imbalanced, and my adrenal glands didn't have a, 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 a break. My body was malfunctioning because I hadn't properly taken care of it, but I had thought I was doing everything right, and I worked hard. I didn't take time to focus on the temple. I promised myself and I pr promised God I would not talk about this subject until I had done it for one over one year straight faithfully. So a little bit over a year ago, I weighed almost 400 pounds because of that event in my life. I gained over 150 pounds laying in bed, not doing anything. And to date, I'm 20 pounds away from a 100-pound loss right now and still have a lot to go. But I promise I wouldn't say anything until... I had lived this life and began, and so we felt very inspired, and we felt it was God's will after learning so much about how important it is to be healthy because we don't talk about those things in church. In fact, we learned in church how food is one of those things that's do it all you want, and we were good at it. We'll hit the restaurants right after church, and we'll get full and go home and take a nap and think we can push the off, you know, hit the e-stop on Monday, and it doesn't stop on Monday because you just woke up a lion. 
you woke up a beast. And it's saying more, more, give me more, give me more, right? I mean, it's like this internal mechanism is hard to shut off. And we think we got it under control, but really we're under its control. So I began to wrestle with God and began to ask him how. What do I do? I didn't mean to go this far. I didn't mean for it to get out of hand. It's not, I never pictured myself in this, in this position. I, I, I wish I had photos to show you the before and afters, but I may do that since we're going to do this in a series. Because I promise you, for those of you that have this part down, maybe you need your spiritual man to be strong. For those of you who have your spiritual man strong, maybe God is waiting for you to get your physical man strong. Because you need both. I believe many people, I believe many people have shortened their destiny and purpose in life because of bad health. I lost loved ones to liver cancer because of alcohol. Alcohol was never meant to be in your body. Tobacco, nicotine, lost another loved one to it. There are some things that God created that were never meant to be consumed in you. Now I'm speaking of the fermentation process and the, and the type of toxins. Man-made toxins. I'm no professional. I'm no expert. We have those here, by the way. But I, I'm, I'm learning. And, and as a pastor, as a leader, I do know this. As the pastor lives and the disciplines that are in his life, such as prayer and devotion, those same type of disciplines begin to become contagious to the congregation. And it's our responsibility to live well in front of you and not live by hypocrisy. So there are certain things that I won't allow into my life. I, I won't touch alcohol. I can't. By nature, in my family, in our bloodline, we're alcoholics. That's right. You don't, want, you don't want to see me with that in my system because then you may not have nothing to show. <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. I know me. You know yourself. You can't catch me defiling my body with substances and things because I realize the importance of it now. I've lost my loved ones. I lost my father to alcoholism. I, it's, it's, I've lost my brother to cancer. Which I believe after doing years of study and trying to figure out how this body functions, which I understand now a lot of this and a lot of these things that happen in our life is caused by our own decisions and choices. Some aren't, but some are. It's just the fact that the church tries to blame the devil for attacking them for every sickness and every disease when really it was just an outcome of our bad decisions. And if we can eliminate those so-called attacks, then you can have a level playing field and understand what's the devil and what's not the devil, what's you and what's him. Not everything's of the devil. Don't give him the credit, too much credit for these things. But a lot of the problems we deal with in the church and the bad moods and the, the confusion and the anger and everything else is a product of unhealthy living. It just is. Some people are healthy and strong but lack spiritual authority. 
while others are spiritually strong and they lack physical strength. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. But we need both in our life. We need to be physically healthy and spiritually healthy in order to fulfill the will of God in our life. It's a very frustrating thing to know that you're called to ministry or you're called to a purpose and you're laying in bed and can't do anything about it. It affected my spiritual life, being an unhealthy individual. It caught up with me, thinking that I could do everything right by discipline and lacking the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding and the way this body works. And this is why we are making a shift in how we do life in church. In January, we are launching a new value and adding to our value system. We do things by values here. Everyone knows that. We have vision and mission statements, but what means the most to us is our values. Everything includes our values that we do. And to that value, we mentioned it this year. We dripped it. Now we're fixing to drop it in January. That's what we call it. Drip it before we drop it. To give everyone enough time to get on board and understand what's happening. In January, we are launching our new value called healthy living. And for that reason, we're teaching this getting you prepared for this because it's not God's will for his church to be sick, especially when we lack knowledge and especially when we give the devil, the devil credit for it. It's like praising him. I want you to think about this for one moment. When we blame the devil on everything, it's like giving him praise and credit for every bad thing, and it's not the devil. Most of the stuff we deal with in the church is out of our own bad decisions, and you don't have to be overweight. This is not about being, you understand, big, fluffy, happy, whatever you want to call it. It's about having desires and appetites out of control. And they ruin your life and they run your life. I'm going to ask a question here, and I just want to prove a point and to help you. But if you're in this building and you lost a loved one to COVID-19, you lost a family member to COVID, would you raise your hand? I want you to look around for a moment if you lost a loved one. Thank you. If you're in this building, and I'm going to ask the next crowd to stand. If you're in this building and you lost a loved one to heart disease, will you stand? Cardiovascular disease. If you're in this building and you lost a loved one to cancer, will you stand for a moment? If you're in this building and you lost a loved one to accident, unintentional injuries, would you stand? If you lost a loved one to chronic lower respiratory disease, stand, stroke, please stand, Alzheimer's, diabetes, nephritis, inflammation, kidney disease, influenza, pneumonia, suicide. I can go on and on, but look around. There are more. There are more people here. You can be seated. All of these are stats 
the thing that we are most fearful of hasn't affected everyone like these other issues which we have embraced and call natural. But they're not. That, is, that was not God's plan for his people. Did you know that every, every 36 seconds in the United States, one person dies of cardiovascular disease? Look at the numbers here. They're staggering. Cancer every year, over 599,000 people. Accidents, 173,000. Chronic lower respiratory disease, over 156,000. Stroke, over 150,000. Alzheimer's, 121. Diabetes, 87,000. Kidneys, 51,000. Influenza, pneumonia, 49,000. And suicide, 47,000. These are real diseases, but I believe like any good doctor, I have a wonderful doctor. I've even heard him tell me a lot of these things can be reversed through good habits. And too soon we see our loved ones gone. But I'm here to tell everyone here, your children need you here longer. Your grandchildren need you here. And they need you well. And more than that, God has long-term plans for you. God has long-term plans for you. What would it be like if we came to the church? If we walked into the church? We're not talking about sin right now. We're talking about unhealthy habits because... We have identified unhealthy habits with sin so much that we have turned it off. But let's think about the longevity of our lives. If it's our time, God knows. But if not, and God has a longer plan for us, and it ends sooner, do we blame God or do we have to accept the responsibility that it may be a, uh, I may be the one who caused this because of my habits? I realized looking back now that I lacked knowledge and understanding, and I have studied this a long time now and done it a long time to understand that health is really your wealth. And the spiritual things that God has and the spiritual riches in his presence, is it outweighs everything. And if, if health wasn't that important to God, then why did Jesus come healing everybody? Health is very important to God. And we can't do it on our own. No one can do it on their own. So that's why we've found somebody that's here that is a personal trainer. We have more than one. But we've asked Julie Adams to lead this ministry. Julie, can you come up here for a moment? I'm, put, I'm spotlighting her so you'll know who to connect with. Come on, Julie. Come on up here. You can come up here. Tell them about Riverside Crew, Riverside Health. Hey, guys. My name is Julie, and we're just starting Riverside Health Crew coming up in January. And I think the scripture that really stuck out to me when I was studying for crew is coming out of Proverbs, where the writer is saying, My son, pay attention to the words that I say. Do not let them depart from your lips. 
for they bring life to one's whole body and health to your whole body. And that's what we want to talk about is how um, in crew, we're going to talk about how it's not just diet, it's not just exercise, but it's your spiritual life as well. Um, just like Pastor Bobby's preaching on, his, his uh, message is amazing today. So just come join us in January. We'll talk about all of it. Hold on, Billy. She's as sweet as a church mouse, right? <laughs> Tell them how much you squat, how much you're getting ready for. Um, I will compete in two weeks, and I'm hoping to break the open Texas deadlift record. So I just have to do 368. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Caleb helped, Caleb helped your future mother, boy. So, so we found somebody who knows what they're doing, and you don't want to mess with her. Dynamite comes in small packages, guys. I'm just telling you. But if you'll go to the back after church or go on the app, join her crew. She'll contact you. You'll join the community of people. There are other personal trainers here that will teach and that will add on to that community and on Facebook, and they'll show you how to eat. They'll show you why. You, you won't be by yourself. The reason why we are doing this is because now more than ever, the church doesn't need to fall victim to certain viruses or diseases that have overrun us when we have the ability that God has given us in our immunity to fight it. Let me make a point here. Whether you're pro-vaccine or you're against it. Even the WHO and the CDC, if you believe them, that's up to you. But even they will confess you can't be reliant on a vaccine completely. You have to get your health right. So whatever side of the aisle you're on, and by the way, we're on neither side. Like I've said it before, we're not on the elephant side or the donkey side. We're on the lamb side. So, so. So you understand that even common sense tells us if we don't take care of this temple, we are shortening our life and duration and effectiveness in the kingdom of God. And we must begin to consider this thing in the church. Good health is something we take for granted, trust me, until you get sick and it takes you out for a little while. But the way God designed this body, he designed it to be a fine-tuned instrument resilient to many things that we come encounter with, building an immunity, but also giving you the additional strength that's necessary to carry out the will of God. If you'll look in the scripture, everyone that Jesus healed after that, most of them were so excited they went to go share it with everybody because it brings gratitude. And when you have gratitude, it's only a product of feeling good. It's a fact. If you feel good, you do good. And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of us will wake up and I don't feel good. It's the devil. I got a headache. It's not the devil. And the headache is there because you ate a whole pecan pie. <laughs> Who does that? Well, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't eat a whole pecan pie. Yeah, you did. One slice at a time for two or three days. You ate the whole thing. <laughs> I ate pecan pie, by the way. I ate dressing, good dressing. I ate some turkey. I ate some ham. I ate everything. But prior to that, it's so funny. I called one of my good friends and I said, hey, man, uh, trying to 
I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm getting some exercises in so I can eat extra meals at, at Thanksgiving. And I took a shot of the treadmill I was on. I said, I'm doing the same thing, man. So I, I walked about 20 miles just to have that extra slice of pie. But I did it because I've learned that I have to take care of this thing because you all need me on eight cylinders, hitting all eight cylinders. That's a guy expression for a car engine. You'd need me healthy. My family needs me healthy. You need to be healthy for your family. But more importantly, your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What would happen if you walked into this church and you saw cigarette buds everywhere? Beer cans everywhere. Oh, no, it's not about alcohol. Coke cans everywhere. Taco smell wrappers everywhere. That's what happens when you eat it. Taco smell. I'm telling you, I don't even know if it's real beef anymore. But anyways, well, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't come back here if that's what you saw. How do you think the Holy Ghost feels? Think about that for one moment. The key to what we've been given direction for in our life is found in the scripture concerning our health. You can find it in the book of Genesis when God told Adam and Eve, every tree and every herb and every vegetation I gave you for food. The closer we get to God's creation and what God created as part of our diet, the healthier we become. It's very common sense kind of stuff. And the things that men have synthetically made and scientists have produced, be careful because your body's so smart, it'll take it, digest it, and use it and cause your body to malfunction. Because if God didn't make it, don't put it in your body. Don't do it. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you because that's my suggestion. You can do whatever you want. If your thing is leaving here on Sundays and your thing is eating Twinkies, go for it. Do what you got to do. I like Oreo cookies too. I just don't eat them all the time. Because it's not what you do. I mean, listen, you don't get fat from eating or get unhealthy from eating one meal. It's all the meals. But every once in a while, you got to have fun, you know. And so you don't live to eat. You eat to live. And you begin to understand something. See, God gave this principle to Israel. He told them, if you read what God gave to Moses under the law, you'll find out that there are many things that was given to Moses concerning the diet, public health, water and food, contamination, sewage systems, disposal. He talked about infectious diseases. In fact, they had a different plan, a different diet plan, a menu plan than, Israel, than Egypt had. When they started to find the mummies from the Egyptians, they started to do autopsies. And what they found in those mummies, they found all types of diseases that did not reside in the children of Israel. 
They found everything from smallpox. They found everything from cancer to everything that you would find in nowadays that would be bad for you. Diabetes. They found all of this stuff. And we look at the way God spoke to Moses, how Moses conveyed the rules for eating, and you do the own, your own research. But God told us. Julie used the, the, the scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 6 and 8. Watch this. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you the path to take. So if you're without knowledge and you don't know what to do, if you have been affected by bad health, and you don't feel well, and maybe you have struggled with weight, or maybe you have struggled with addiction, maybe your vice isn't, isn't, isn't uh, maybe you're, you look really good in the mirror, and your pants aren't tight on you, but you got a problem with alcohol, or nicotine, or your problem is Oreo cookies. Let's just be honest. Don't judge someone if you've got a device in your life. Yours may not be alcohol. It could be Twinkies, right? It could be breakfast tacos every day, three times a day. I'm just saying, let's put everybody out there. Babarakoa, too. And I love Babarakoa. How many of you know what that is? South Texas, man. Nobody knows what Babarakoa is. No fans? Everybody's quiet now, right? Because they're like, I'm not going to be the guy. I'm not going to be that guy. God never designed the body to live in excess. He designed it to go in moderation. And I'm going to give you a secret. Would you like to learn some secrets on how the Holy Ghost can help you? How many of you would like to learn some secrets here? I believe the scripture is full of principles and, and things. So listen to what it says. Seek his will in all that you do. All that you do. Work. We, 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 we consider our future, our career. But we never put diet in there in our bodies. So if you want to do that, start to seek God. And he will show you the path to take. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. You think you know it already, then you, God can't help you. You have to know that you need God. So instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. We're not saying that eating is evil, but gluttony is. Bam, right there. Snuck up on you, right? That was a one, two, three. Instead, fear the Lord, turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. In other words, Health is so important to God. He says, come to me. I'll help you figure it out. I believe in this portion of Scripture, a lot of it has to do with anxiety and worry and frustration and people not understanding what the will of God is for their life as well. But this also pertains to our physical life. I believe, and I have seen it. I have seen the documentaries. I'm not a conspiracy theorist kind of person, but I do know that eating right and eating clean can reverse a lot of sicknesses and diseases. I do believe that. Contrary to what anybody else in, 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 in the medical field may believe, I just believe you become what you eat. I believe that 
you'll start to feel better when you eat better. What does it have to do with church, Pastor Bobby? I'll tell you what it has to do with church. You start praying more, too. You start praying more, and you, you start becoming more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's why God recommended fasting. But you know what the Lord showed me? Can I share some personal thing with you? Because I always thought to fast, I had to fast for like seven days or three days without food, and it wasn't a fast. But then I followed Proverbs 3, and I started to ask for wisdom. And it's like God told me, if you live a good, sensible lifestyle of eating, you'll be on a continual fast. You fast already every day. When you go to bed at night and go to bed and wake up in the morning, the first meal you eat is you breaking your fast. Break fast. Break fist. Why are we so afraid of it? Skipping a meal will bring you better health in the body. Drink fluids. It will cleanse you. And it's funny how Fasting makes you more sensitive to God. But when you eat in moderation, it's like being on a fast. And no longer does it have control of you. You've got control of it. And you become more sensitive to the Holy Ghost. It's a fact. After every, did you know my son shared this with me earlier? Surveys say that this service today around America is the what? Number one least attended service in America. Why? Right after Thanksgiving. When people have gorged themselves, they're no longer hungry for God. Think about that. I'm telling you. Now listen, look, look at here. I'm not all, I'm just going to tell you. You don't know, I got suspenders holding everything up. I'm just telling you. I'm not ashamed. I'm very transparent with you all to tell you I'm on a journey, but I've been on it for over a year. And God is telling me to tell Riverside Church, it's time for us to get healthy and get our immunity up. I'm going to share something with you that someone shared with me, and it made a lot of sense. Their son is a doctor in California. And here's what his son shared with my friend at the fitness center. He said, Pastor, he said, my son called me. He's in the medical field, and he's working the hospitals right now in California. And he said, Dad, he said, everybody that has been dying of this virus, the majority of them have two conditions, obesity and diabetes. He said, isn't that something? I said, that, that is something. Interesting. I'm not saying that everyone that has these two things are going to die. No way. That's unfair. That's not right. Some people have, have underlying issues. Some people, you know, God knows. He has the answers. But what if? But what if? We could help people, and we could start turning our health around and come together and start to 
learn how to eat things and we know where it came from. For example, this is another reason why we started Riverside Co-op. Riverside Co-op is meant to not just distribute people's gardens and their food, their greens, to the church, which we do distribution dates every month, and we'll give out rabbit meat, we'll give out whatever hamburger meat that comes from the field, clean, unprocessed stuff, and stuff fresh from the garden. It's not just to feed people. We're trying to get people to join so they'll learn how to grow their own foods. I haven't bought eggs from the store in a year. And I live in the city. That's right. I'm the only Mexican in our neighborhood that has chickens. <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> no roosters. It's all good. They're quiet. You can't hear them. But I know where my eggs come from because you don't know. Did you know those eggs? I'm going to tell you something about it. This is so practical, but this is stuff I've learned that we don't know. You can tell a fresh egg from an egg that's been out in the open for about three months or four months. Because fresh eggs, when you boil them, they're hard to get the shell off of them because they're fresh. That's why before they put eggs on the shelves at the stores, they've been out sitting for about three to four months. Then they'll sell them to you. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Who knew that? Raise your hand. Yeah. That's how you don't even know what you're eating. What I'm just saying to you, there's nothing wrong. It's protected by the outer natural layers of the egg. I've learned a lot about eggs, man. I'm telling you, nothing like quail eggs. Thank you. Nothing like quail eggs, nothing like fresh eggs. And now I'm working on the garden part, hydroponics, to do things because I don't have the property, so I'm learning to use vertical space. What we're trying to tell you is this church is getting you prepared physically, and spiritually and financially in every area to help you save money to live so whatever crisis comes our way, you are prepared for it in every way. You are prepared for it as a church body. That's the strength of a church and a community. We need to learn more than just the spiritual part of what we do. We are exempting the physical part. And it's hurting us as a church. It is a affecting us because we got our routine and we come to church but I'm going to tell you something when you start to feel better and you get more energy your prayer life takes on a whole new dimension and you start to realize you know what God made me the way he made me for a reason and I'm going to do something for God I feel it I feel energy I'm more sensitive to him and I pray as John prayed and three John one and two third John one and two he said this I pray that you may enjoy good health. Look at the scripture. Throw it up there, guys. 3 John 1 and 2. I skipped a lot. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. Let me tell you how it says it in the King James. Above all things, I pray that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. It's important to God because your spiritual prosperity and your physical prosperity go hand in hand. Amen. 
And if we're building the temple, everyone say, this is God's temple. How many of you know this is the temple God has given us? Then we all have the same foundation, which is Jesus Christ. So point number one, I want you to write this down, and I'm going to rush through this. Are y'all getting what I'm saying here this Sunday morning? And I, don't, and I don't mean to come across like I've got it all together. You guys know me. I don't feel that at all. But if I'm going to be obedient to what God is saying, I have to do it with love and compassion and compel you that there's a better way and that what you're going through isn't the devil. It's just a little bit of tweaking that needs to be done on your part, and things will change. Just a little tweaking. I'm telling you. People think that their headaches is a demonic attack. No, no, just cut the sugar out. Just cut the sugar out. Oh, my God, I can't use the restroom. The devil's attacking my intestines. No. Cut the bread out, the gluten out. That's all you got to do. The second brain is right here. Asians have found out there are more nerve endings that are in the brain that are in the intestines. The Asians call it the second brain. That's why when you feel that gut feeling and you say you feel the voice of God, it's coming from your inner being. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That's where your spirit man abides. What do we do? The fundamentals of abnormal psychology, it said this in the book. A growing body of research suggests that people who are spiritual tend to be healthier than people without a spiritual life. That came from a textbook, a science textbook. Science is now realizing that people who have a spiritual life are healthier than people who don't. So your spirit life affects you physically. But it matters on how we build on the foundation God's given us. I want to read this to you. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 17. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 17. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which he has given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Another builds on it. But let each one take heed to how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, it kind of reminds me of the three little pigs, right? One built their house out of hay, one out of sticks, the other one out of brick. Listen to what it says. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. What day is that? This day. Because it will be revealed by fire. Now, I believe it's not speaking of the judgment. A lot of people think that it's speaking of the last day, but I don't believe that. I'll tell you why. Because it says that whatever you have built will be tested by fire. Fire represents trials. When you go through trouble, you're going to find out where your foundation is if you built on the right foundation. Right? The scripture says, 
The man who built his house on sand, it washed away with the storm. But those that built on the rock was stable. But then in this scripture it says, whatever you built on that foundation, we're going to find out how durable it is based on the material that you use. I believe the material is based on knowledge. Material in the spiritual sense is knowledge. Knowledge has to be used correctly. You can write that down if you like. And the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which has been built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If, and what's that reward? Being saved, safe, coming through the trial. But if, if listen to this. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But, listen to this now, but he himself will be saved. Yet, so as through fire. In other words, when we go through a trial and fire hits what we have built, the soul of what you can't see will be saved because that's where God brings salvation. But everything else that you do see will be affected, but you'll make it through the fire. Because what happens when a trial comes? We pray more. We praise more. We seek God more. And God sustains us and saves our soul. How many of you understand what I'm saying? So this is not at the end of the world. This is in while we're in this world and how we're building and where we've done right and how we've done things. A lot of people in this world have built on wrong foundations and they use the wrong material or they depended on the wrong knowledge. Let me show you this right here. Look at this slide. I want to show you this. If I were to describe to you to help you understand what I'm saying, I would show you the full diagram and the full analytics of a, of a house, right? Just from the way I think and understand this, I, I want to show you that the spirit man is your foundation. It's where Jesus Christ abides. The spirit of Christ abides within our spirit, which is our fundamental foundation. But the soul of a man is the actual structure. The soul and the knowledge and how it's applied that's tied to the spirit that gives us the ability to judge, to stand, to build the wisdom of God, how to construct. You see, when you read the scripture, Paul explains that the church is built on a foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together grows into a holy habitation of God in the spirit. Frame is the key word. Framing. Framing happens after the foundation is laid. That's what the apostles were doing. The framework. They were teaching. They were explaining. They were giving doctrine. But they did it off of the foundation that Jesus Christ is Lord. And when they took it from the knowledge, what I'm trying to tell you is you have to have a sense of purpose when you're living for God that you're exercising, that you're getting healthy to fulfill the purpose of God in your life. That has to be your motive. That must be your motive. 
Your motive has to be, I'm doing things correctly with my body and my health and my knowledge and my learning and my career so I can bring God glory so he can use me because I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And everything that structures you designs your purpose. The structure designs what kind of house you are. Some people are hospitals. Some people are libraries, right? Some people have good homes, strong homes. Some people have a different purpose, justice. We talked about this with the 12 tribes of Israel. But you have a purpose. And how you build that purpose can only be defined by also how well it's protected. And that's the outer layer called the body. Now, watch this. Watch this. The framework and the shingles on that house are two separate things. Just like the scripture says that the word of God is piercing, dividing even the soul and the spirit. That's how I know the spirit and the soul are two different things. But what happens if your outer layer of what you see the body, we, we look at ourselves in the mirror. That's the temple of God. Boy, the temple looks good today. But we don't know what the inside looks like. Only God sees the heart, right? Okay. But what if we didn't take care of the outer layer? Or what if this had a good foundation? What if it had a good framework but didn't have a proper covering and was unhealthy and the shingles weren't on? When the storm comes... That water, I'm telling you, water is very damaging. It will leak through and ruin the structure, not the foundation, but the purpose and the structure of that building. You see, for us, it's our health. It's our discipline. It's our lifestyle. It's what everyone else sees. That's why you are a billboard and people will judge you by its cover, but God judges you by the heart. But sometimes we are limited because we're unprotected. That's why for the believer, when their mind and their thought process isn't properly surrounded, they don't allow the salvation of God to protect them from the elements of the world. And it affects everything. So what you have to do in your body, you've got to get into the Word of God. The Word of God is a tangible thing and part of a lifestyle that keeps us protected. With The Scripture calls it the helmet of salvation. I'm just calling it the roof here. It affects everything. And what happens when we are good spiritually, but physically we're hurting? We can't endure the storms. It won't be long that people won't be able, we won't be able to house anybody or help anybody because we're not doing well, and that's the church's condition right now. It's not, a, if you're trying to get healthy out of vanity, God will deal with you, I promise you that. But God, it's a simple thing. This wasn't an issue back in the day. What the scriptures were, because the scripture says bodily exercise profits little, but godliness profits with all. It's important. 
But now in the day and the hour we're living in in America, we're where the children of Israel were when they entered into the land of promise. And God told them, don't forget about what I did for you in Egypt. If you forget about what I did for you in Egypt and you don't stick to the rules and stick to the diet plan, you're going to get sick and those diseases that I put on them, they're going to get on you. And you become susceptible they forgot about God. They forgot who they were. Church, we can't forget who we are and who we belong to and what this temple means to God. And you are the temple of God. Turn around to somebody and tell them, you are the temple of God. Amen. And God needs you. But how do you deal with all these controlled desire, uncontrolled desires? Are you ready? Here's the last point. We're coming to a close. Prayer will defeat Uncontrollable appetites. That is the very beginning to turning your health around. Prayer would defeat uncontrollable appetites. How is that? Well, we all have that nature about us. Ha! You awake now? Prayer has the ability to diminish appetites that are running our life. The Apostle Paul even said in Romans chapter 7, verse 18 says, And I know that nothing good lives in me. That is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Here's an apostle speaking, guys. I want to do right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong. I mean, nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to gorge myself. No one wakes up every day and says, I'm going to hurt somebody. No one says, I'm going to get up and I'm just going to make everybody have a bad day. A lot of those things, when it comes to our attitude and emotion, has to be how we discipline ourselves. It's our fleshly nature sinful nature and then paul writes i don't want to do what's wrong but i do it anyway but if i do what i don't want to do i am not really the one doing it it is sin living in me that does it are you ready i'm fixing to hit you between the eyes and i love you it's gonna sting it's gonna sting but i promise you it's done in love Gluttony is the biggest sin in the church. And for those of you who don't have a metabolism problem, just because you don't look overweight doesn't mean you ain't got the problem. It's something that needs to be dealt with in order for your spiritual man to grow. But how does it happen? I'm going to read you the great benefits of having the Spirit of God in your life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. When we pray, when we go after God, if we live by the river, like a tree planted by the rivers will grow and produce fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Love. Look at that. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and altogether the last one, self-control. 
Wow. Self-control. This is what the Lord began to show me. He said, if you want to start turning your health around, start praying more, and I'll give you self-control. Why? How? Well, when your spirit man is fed, you become satisfied. It happened to Jesus. When Jesus was at the well with the woman of Samaria. Come on, Haley. When Jesus was at the well with the woman of Samaria, the disciples went and got food, brought it back for him to eat. He said, after ministering to her, I'm not hungry. And they said, who fed him? He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. In other words, because he fed himself spiritually, it gave him self-control. That's the beginning of seeing things turn around. It's your spirit life, your spirit man. It is God's will for every single one of us. In conclusion, I'm giving you this. A healthy lifestyle or prayer and devotion will result in a healthy temple. You're a temple builder, and God needs you. God needs every one of us. Can we be real? Your grandchildren need you here longer. Your children need you here longer. Your community needs you here longer. There is nothing worse than people who have prematurely passed from something that could have been prevented. When God has so much more. And you know this emotional roller coaster that you've been on for a while, you can get off of it if you just let God give you wisdom and understanding, and the body will heal itself. Did you know the body has the capability of healing itself of so many ailments and diseases? There are so many things that God has done for us, and we complicate it, but if we just cut some things out and bring some better things in and get our prayer life up and be consistent, your temple is going to start looking different. You're not going to have the junk laying around. You're not going to feel embarrassed for God to come, and you got to let God come into every room in your house, every room, excuse me, his house, and let him clean house and let him begin to do some things because there's a ministry that God wants to bring out of your life. There's a purpose that God has given you, but it's too many things, and he's among the stuff, and we got too many hoarders. Too many hoarders around that are keeping things they don't want to let go of, but it's like Jesus is there saying, I want to use this area of your life. Just get rid of the junk, and I don't know how to get rid of the junk. Well, just give me your heart first. Start coming to me in prayer, and I'll give you love. I'll give you self-control. I'll give you patience. I'll give you kindness. I'll give you faithfulness. I'll give you gentleness. I'll start dealing with all of that stuff, but then I'll give you the ability to discipline yourself. I'll give you the ability to discipline and to work because I got a purpose for you. In the very beginning of this pandemic, you can stand. In the very beginning of this pandemic, when we started, God spoke to me specifically for this church and told me now is the time to get your health right. And he told me this. He said, go to the stores and start buying all the vitamin C, the zinc, and the D. That's what he told me. And while everybody was buying toilet paper and no one knew about the vitamin C's and all this kind of stuff till months later, I came back home with the stuff that my kids were like, Dad, you've not been listening? They, 
my kids would laugh at me because I came home with all the vitamins. You have a responsibility to put the right things into your body. Because there's some things that God will heal and deliver you from and protect you from. But if you don't follow all the way through with that, I mean, I believe in being all in. How many of you believe in if you're going to be in, be all in? Let me tell you what I practice in my life. If I am dealing with a disease or a sickness, not only do I believe God and faith for it, I start acting physically on it. I start acting mentally on it. I start acting spiritually on it. I hit it from every part of my being, body, soul, and spirit, because it's our responsibility to be all in. I just can't be in there spiritually and mentally. i got to be in there physically as well. God wants all of us an entirety wholeness of who we are and when we can serve God with our bodies which is a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto him we're going to see some things turn around God will use you God will use you I've been so blessed to have our children and our own staff and my kids they, they've kicked me out of staff meetings and I love it because they said dad don't worry about it we'll take care of this and you go focus and the past year they told me this and, and I, I hope you appreciate this because this is the kind of pastors you've got here they said you go focus on your health right now get better because where we're going we're going to need you I thought to myself what an awesome thing that my kids would do and do for me it's the greatest gift I think anybody could ever give the gift of time to prepare yourself and to better yourself and ever since then God told me I'm going to use you but I can't use you now because you're unhealthy but when I started getting my health right and started doing right I started getting phone calls can you come preach for us can you come minister for us why why now God knew he can't use you until you get your health right because you can't handle the, the the purpose and the calling it's too much my pastor told me when I got sick when this church first started growing he said, it's a blessing in disguise, son. He said, because had you not got sick now and you got sick later when things, and you were in your building, and it would have destroyed everything. But God allowed it to happen now to warn you, the body is so wise the way God made it, to warn you and prepare you that you must get it in order, so in order for God to use you. So if you feel a purpose in your life, God won't do it until you are completely made whole to the full potential. He'll use you, of course. He'll use you. You can be used by God, but not by your full potential because you can't handle it. Did you know that even the anointing has a sense of stress that comes with it? It's awesome. You can feel the anointing. But when we're done here, it's like phew, the body went through so much because the emotions were high. They were there. It takes a lot out of you. God can only use you if you're healthy and strong to your full potential. How many of you want to be used by God? Come on, somebody. How many of you want to be used by God? Take care of the temple.
take care of the temple. Be a temple builder. Consider the foundation that you're building on. You're not doing it to look good. You're doing it because you want to be used by God and you want to do it long term and you want God to open every door that your body can handle and you want to have a prayer life and I'm telling you, prayer is a work. It takes work to pray. You want to have a prayer life and when you feel good, you do good and when you do good, you do things like pray more. It all ties in. But I pray that you be in good health. And I pray that you prosper even as your soul prospers. Will you lift up your hands in this moment right now? Will you just begin to give God some love right now? And just close your eyes. Just close your eyes and just tell him, Lord Jesus, use me. Lord Jesus, I pray right now that you just allow my heart to be aligned with your purpose. And that you allow my spirit, dear God, to be quickened. That you allow my body, Father, to be healed. We speak healing in this house, dear God, over every ailment and disease. Give us the wisdom to know how to control the things that we have no control of. Let the Spirit of God begin to move in this house. And let the spirit of self-control begin to grab a hold of our hearts. And let us get prepared for the future. Let us get prepared for the future. God, we know that you have a calling in our life. And you have something bigger, God, than what there is now. Prepare us in spirit. Prepare us in soul and prepare us in our bodies. In Jesus' name, give us the mindset. Give us the reality check. God, we thank you for good health. We thank you for moving. We thank you for touching. And we're going to give you all the praise today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And if you believe that, somebody give God a shout of praise right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.